Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. And it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone and they used tar for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And let us make for ourselves a name, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do, and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down, and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. Okay, it's interesting in verse 2, that they journey east, that uh, is where Adam and Eve went toward, and Cain went toward the east. The east is used a lot here, not always in a positive sense. Um, they go to the plain of Shinar, which uh, we know that Shinar and Babylon were basically in the same area, and what do they decide to do? City. Yeah, they want to build a city and a tower. tower. Now, what's their purpose? Make a name. They want to make a name for themselves. Shem means name. They want to make a Shem for themselves. Um, notice, notice twelve two. What did God promise Abraham? Abraham. Make a name. Yes, so much better to have God make your name than you try to make your name for yourselves. That that monument to pride is a terrible thing. You know, I don't know if we ought to be so keen on, as some are, getting their name on famous things. Uh, that may not be such a great thing. I mean, like signing those things and I give a dollar to something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just it feels weird. And of course, did they uh, did they end up making a name? We still read about. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ironically, yeah, they uh, they they got they got their wish. It's yeah. Not quite the same way they had in mind. Um, what are they? What is it that they're trying to avoid? Being dispersed. What do you think about that? That's exactly what God wanted. This is directly defying the command of God in 9.1 and 9.7 where God said be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. God said spread out. They say stay together. You see some things that are very troubling in their attitude right here from the very beginning. They're rebelling against God's purpose. Does that outrage you? Is that was that clearly the wrong thing for them to do? Buddy, see that? God says spread out, they stay together. I never thought of it. Uh, would you make an application for us? 
What does God say? I'm thinking about passages like Matthew 28, where uh, Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. And what do we want to do? Stick together in our Christian commune and, you know, not, not worry about anybody else except us and maybe our best friends and neighbors. Um, you know, when God says go and spread the gospel for us to retain it within ourselves and try to confine it into the walls of a church building or into the, the city or county where we live is not right. I mean, I think in some ways we can tend to do what they did at the Tower of Babel. In fact, think about this. I'm not all against big church churches. I'm talking about big congregations. But, you know, is it troubling if you've got a church that is trying to almost hoard up all the best preachers and teachers and servants and really get to be big and good and impressive, and, you know, we're going to be one of these churches that everybody knows about. You know, everybody's heard of us. You know, um, I see too many things with churches of pride, where people, you know, I was talking with, I've been talking with some people in in recent times who who will say things like, uh, you know, wow, this, uh, you know, there's a lot, lot of, lot of people coming to our church. A lot of more, lot more people coming, you know, here. And and uh, when people see what we're like, you know, if they're if they're spiritual, if they're good. They want to stay. You know, they they tell us that you know this is this different than, and, and, you know, and, and you start listening to some of those things, and you're thinking, oh, it sounds awfully much like we're trying to promote ourselves. And, you know, I don't know. I think, I think the idea of the New Testament would have been more dispersed. You know, let's build people up to where they can go. You know, let's, let's not just try to, you know, collect up all the best people we can find. <coughs> so we're really strong and impressive. Let's not worry about impressing anybody. And let's try to work with people and, and equip them to where they can go out and spread the message. I know it's been encouraging there's some, some, you know, good things and bad things about this uh, group, but it's been encouraging that the one of the churches in Brazil, in Parque San Antonio, where Dennis has been for a number of years, has done that. They've taken some of their best men and sent them out to preach in other places. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, okay. it's hurt them. Uh, you know, they've, they've lost some guys that, you know, really would have been solid, you know, people for them, but they've gotten the gospel spread in other places where it probably wouldn't have gone. If they didn't do that. And that's very much their mentality. Uh, you know, it's been encouraging to see. They, they want that. That's, that's what they think in terms of. Um, that's what we ought to think in terms of. Thoughts about all that? Amen. So, um, you know, they unite together. Unity is such a beautiful thing. If it's unity for the Lord. But unity in itself is not always good. Sometimes it's the society banding together against God. Remember Psalm 2? You know, kings of the earth, rulers take their stand together, they unite together against God. You know, so unity is has its pros and its cons. And they're going to build this city and this tower, and how, how high is this tower going to get? Yeah, right on up to heaven. 
you know, uh, this is, you know, just such a uh, ambitious thing. They're, they're, nothing's going to stop us. You know, it's going to get right up there to heaven. Uh, they know it. Um, <coughs> I wonder also, notice uh, verse 3, what's their method? Who wrote Genesis? Nah, uh, Moses. Yeah. Wonder if he threw that in for people to think about the similarity between what these people were doing to build the tower and what they had to do for Pharaoh. Uh, I don't know, but that's that's kind of curious to think about. So, what does the Lord end up doing here? What what, what does he what does he start with in verse five? Comes down. Why does he come down? Yeah, yeah. This uh, this tower up to heaven. He's got to come down to see. You know, uh, it's kind of funny to think about it that way. Of course, God always investigates. God always punishes based upon the facts. So He's going to come and investigate it Himself. Now we understand God didn't have to come down to see it. You know, and all that. But this is a way of God strikingly demonstrate, A, that he's going to punish based on the facts, and B, this thing is so short, so small, he had to come down to even see it, you know, so to speak. It's just kind of a pimple, you know, on the face of the earth. Um, It didn't amount to anything. And, you know, notice what the men had said in 3 and in 4, come let us make, come let us build. Well, God says, these guys all have the same language. So, verse 7, come let us go down. And they're confused, their language. Man's resolutions are nullified by God's resolutions. Man's come let us is responded to by God's come let us. And sure enough, God confuses their languages and they're spread out. One way or the other, God's will will be done, either you know, with their consent or against their will, but they have to spread out now because they couldn't talk to each other. They couldn't stay together. So what they feared most, being dispersed, occurred. What they considered their greatest strength, their unity, was destroyed. And what they desired most, a name, well, they got one. Battle. I, I, I think that in your comments about local churches and so forth, we can become that self-focused, and uh, uh, we uh, we usually start a new congregation in order to spread the word, and then we start uh, building up and. Uh, almost our purpose becomes to to maintain yes. uh, ourselves in that place, and that's that is a wrong focus. Would you want to send two or three of your best, strongest families to, you know, spread the gospel in some place where it hasn't been heard? Would we think, wait a minute, we need these people? You know, we don't want to lose good people. Well, we don't want to lose them to the devil or something like that, but it's no loss to God's kingdom if they're well prepared 
and it's a good move strategically for the Lord for them to spread the gospel somewhere else. We want to see the Lord's kingdom grow and prevail. We don't want to see our congregation, you know, become the greatest church there's ever been. That's not the goal. That's exactly what Antioch did in Acts 13. That they list five teachers and they send perhaps the best two away. Forty percent of their, you know, strong teachers are sent away. Yes. And yeah, like you say, would we would we send forty percent of our you know teachers what, away? You know exactly what we do, in at least in some people's philosophy. As a church grows in number, you need to add more staff. You need you need to get more professional teachers and more you know professional this and that you know to service the needs of the members you know because that's the way you can grow your church. That's probably that probably is true. Probably is the way you grow your church, but that's not what we're trying to grow. We're trying to spread the message of the gospel. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things to consider when a church is considering you know people that they may even bring in from the outside to edify and help the group but the the mentality of we want to get as many great leaders that we can possibly pay for in our church to build us up may be the very opposite of what the Lord's wanting done uh. Do you think, because uh, I know New American Standard, New King James is slightly different in verse 4. Uh, New King James says heavens. Uh, do you think they were really literally trying to reach heaven or just high in the sky? I don't know that they were trying to reach heaven where God is. Maybe just the sky. but Okay, I didn't know about that. They want to be seen from a distance, for sure. <laughs> yeah, That's what I think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, do, does this have any, uh, like, does it have to do with how today when people can't understand people, they're like, oh, quit your babbling and stuff like that? Like, do you think this has anything to do with that? Because I know the word. Because so. I know the word babbling is also in the Bible, but yeah, I, I don't know. know. I hadn't thought about that, but I've always thought that was interesting because that's when their languages were first confused and they couldn't understand each other. All of a sudden, then, so. I mean, I don't know. You know, we we just always say stuff that I've always heard someone say stuff that I didn't even know was in the Bible until I converted. You know, and then I about the Good Samaritan or or the Golden Rule and all that stuff. You know, it's like everything's always found like in Scripture first. So yeah, maybe so. I really thought about it. I know Babel gave its name to Babylon. Yeah, but. Okay. I'm just wondering what what reasons might the people have had for not wanting to scatter, other than just I guess you could say the pride and the kind of thing. Because I mean, like I would I was wondering if they were afraid, afraid of leaving what they knew and trusting God to provide for them. It's, it's possible, but the thing they really say is you know, connected with what they're trying to build and the name they're trying to get and so forth. So that's, that's what we know. Sure. It, it's scary to think um, in verse 6 that they're going to do anything that they want to do. Yeah. That nothing is going to be impossible for them. And that's scary. Uh, I mean, we would think of well, that's great. I mean, think of all the advancements we could make if we could all speak the same language and there wasn't the, uh, the uh, boundary of confusion. And there is that side of it. 
but we use those opportunities. Think about all the wicked people. If you got all the wicked people together and there was nothing to inhibit them or stop them or get in the way of their plotting and planning, they could do whatever they wanted. Um, it didn't go that well before the flood. God confuses it. Right. Yeah, good point. Very good point. I kind of wondered with that verse if God was being a little sarcastic. <laughs> you know, they're building this tremendous tower and he had to come down and see it. And, well, if they keep this up, who knows what they're going to be able to do. <laughs> it might actually reach me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they give them a few trillion years or whatever. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I, I tend to think more like Jeremy, but I don't know. What was he? Was he concerned? Was was there a legitimate concern about the negative influence they might have if they became strong and continued this attitude, maybe? Maybe so. Cass? What happened to it? I don't know. You think maybe God destroyed it? I don't know. 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 There's kind of a humorous picture there, though, if... if, uh, they're up there building, and all of a sudden yeah. they speak in different languages. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, you can't communicate with the guy. Yeah, uh, had me, uh, you know. <laughs> Dude, that's saw. Uh, I'd always imagined it. You remember at camp when we had all the kids walking around and they're calling out different animal sounds, and they're they had to find the right sound to match up. I kind of picture people going around town looking for people that sound the same way. Yeah. <laughs> You know, all the English speakers are going over here, and all the Chinese are going over here, and it would have been chaos. I mean, just the 120 kids at camp was chaos, but all of the people around town doing that. And it's really a shame, too, because, you know, that's what made me have to learn Portuguese. If I hadn't been with the Tower of Babel, it'd been a whole lot easier to evangelize Brazil. You know, I tell them over there that it was a whole lot better before the Tower of Babel when everybody spoke English. <laughs> that's what my, that's what my Bible's written in, you know, before the Tower of Babel. And they don't agree with that for some reason. <laughs> Uh, I always just find it humorous. Like, well, because they obviously can't see, like, since we've reached the moon, where we can take pictures from it. Like, we can see just how small we are, you know, compared to the the whole universe. But I don't like. Do they understand? They do they comprehend just how little they are in the whole? Evidently thing? not. Like, cause that's just funny. So we, <laughs> we generally don't, even if we can. I, thought, I was gonna say I once had a, a book that I got from the library called, I believe it was called like. Jewish Bible stories for children, and one of them was the Tower of Babel, and it was, you know, they showed this picture of, you know, the tower being built, and then you have all these people on it, and suddenly they're speaking different languages exactly the way, and it was just, it was very cute, I mean, it was for children and all that, but it was, it had that same, you know. Yeah, that must have been quite a, a situation. Oh, what's... What's interesting up through the Tower of Babel, you know, after the Tower of Babel, is you've had man kicked out of the garden, and the ground has been cursed, and the woman has been cursed, and the man has been cursed, and then you have all of the after effects of the flood. The whole world has been changed because of sin. And then you have all this confusion of language because of sin, and then you have all the rest of Genesis. You have all these people living with a world that has experienced the curse of sin yeah. and relationships that have experienced the curse mm-hmm. of sin and are standing with God and it all goes back to sin. And the rest of the Bible is trying to figure yeah. out, okay, what's God going to do to fix this? Um, Amen. Devastation.
that's uh, about our time, and my time will not be uh, long here. I'll leave a week from today and be gone until November the 22nd. I think we said that the next study will be December the 9th. Mm-hmm. So that's seven weeks from the day, I think. So I'll go. Another seven. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I hadn't thought about it that way, but uh, <laughs> the next. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs>